Welcome to Living Newspaper Clippings, a series of conversations recorded remotely online between some of the writers and artists who are creating Living Newspaper at the Royal Court Theatre. Over six editions, Living Newspaper brings together more than 200 freelance artists to make new work about what matters to them now. Alongside these conversations, you can watch clips of the work they discuss and find out about future editions on the Royal Court Theatre website. The following content may contain strong language. Hi, hi, I'm Emtiaz Hussain. I wrote a piece for Obituaries in Edition 2. Hi, I'm Jasmine Lee Jones and I wrote a piece for Obituaries in Edition 1. Yeah, I was just asking that you did different bits then. I remember being an audience member for Edition 1 and seeing your uh, piece uh, in the obituary section as well. I've been quite moved by that. Oh, thank you. I actually think I only did an obituary as well because originally I was going to um, be part of the living newspaper in a fuller capacity and then things got shut down. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was working on another project and it sort of clashed, so I had to sort of prioritise that Um but the reason why I thought I did more than one is because I did did recording. So I recorded Chris Thorpe's piece and I obviously recorded my piece as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, so so I thought I did more than I did, but I actually did, did only did an obituary very similarly to you. Um, did you. Did you record your piece? Did you sort of like... Wow, okay. Oh, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. <laughs> mm. I'm not an actor. I, I know you're an actor as well. Yeah, right? yeah. I um yeah, it's funny. I, I didn't it wasn't sort of part of the plan. I just um I think Lucy asked if I wanted to because my piece was about my grandmother and uh I sort of and also kind of in my voice. Of course it was because I wrote it in first person and it was from my perspective so it did make sense that I did it but I never imagined that I'd be recording it funny enough um yeah it was funny it was funny um because I've also had the experience relatively recently so grandma passed away as that was happening when we were literally um having the meetings about living newspaper and then um but then before that I the last piece I did for theatre was not even autofiction, it was autobiographical, but in I wasn't reading it. I had an actor reading it. Um, this was at the Young Vic. Um, I shouldn't say just say actor. Pa- Papa Esawedu was reading it. And that was also interesting. So to do two where one of them I was reading out loud and then he was speaking in my voice. It's interesting. It creates a different effect. I like both for different reasons. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I had to sort of, it's weird because to do to actually record it, I had to separate myself from it a bit, um, just to sort of see it see it as a piece that needed to have beats and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and I'm I'm so sorry I, d- I haven't got to listen to your piece yet, but I know what it's about. So, um, okay, don't worry about that because uh, the thing is as well, a lot of people because it was over the Christmas period mm. edition came out as well mm. so a lot of people were very busy you know and obviously you know we were we went into proper lockdown so it, it right at the last minute it shut down 
you know, people couldn't attend the audience um, live, live into the, you know, into the theatre. So it was a, it was a very busy and strange time because of the lockdown and because of Christmas and New Year. Um, but that, that's, you know, it's a rolling thing, isn't it? There's going to be a few more. So, you know, it's just great. It's supposed to be sort of like this fast rolling, moving. Yeah. Anyway, so. Did edition two get shut down as well? I.e. was it stopped midway or? It, I think it was about to um, sort of go into production, sort of live with audience. And then I, I think... I can't remember because it just seems, where are we now? It's February. <laughs> a lot's happened since then, since um, way back then now. But, um, yeah, I think it's a few days before it was going to go live that it, oh, yeah, and then they had to record it. Uh, yeah. honest, but that's, that's how I remember it. So, mm. yeah, it was close to the wire um, and then it wasn't going to happen. So it went into recording it and live streaming um yeah that 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 I remember now yeah so your piece was about it's fascinating I can't wait to listen to it about a white white girl who had to leave a hostel um in order to accommodate um an Asian family is that correct yeah well it was it was a young white woman who had to leave a, a refuge Mm. to accommodate a well she it wasn't to accommodate there was just no no refuge spaces in this refuge and she had to leave and be accommodated in a flat so that a young family could come in and use that room um, ah I didn't know that she got so they got her a flat but she was just yeah. alone wow yeah. wow yeah. And and it's so it was and it's based on a truth, you know, it's based on a real incident um that I was aware of. And I just wanted, I mean, and but it wasn't per you know, I didn't know anybody, I didn't know anyone personally. I created the characters and I, it was total fiction other than that premise that someone has to leave um a room, a flat in order to accommodate a family because they're single and the children and family, and there's not enough refuge spaces. That's the truth. <laughs> and the rest, what I did with it was uh, fiction. So, you know, the, the character was created. Um, and I just felt from the perspective of a mother who's got to move into that refuge, how would you feel? Because mm. what happened subsequently, that young woman killed herself. So how would you feel? So I wrote it from that perspective and also really as a commentary on housing, you know, the housing crisis. And in a pandemic, when we talk about we're all locked down in our homes, well, what does home mean to some people? You know, home can be a very, you know, a fragile space for a lot, yeah. of, lot of people. And I felt it was, it was, I didn't really think about it when I said, I felt nothing. I didn't really actually think about it too much. I just thought, oh my God, that's what I'm going to write. And that's what I want to write. And let's see how we go. And it was one of them moments where it just flowed because oh, I just wow. thought, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, unfortunately, mm. as writers will testify. But yeah, it was, it in this instance, it really flowed. 
because um, I just had that premise from uh, uh, sort of speaking from a mother to another mother. It was a, a letter, an, un, an unwritten and an unsaid letter to another mother about her daughter um, sort of dying and killing herself over this sort of just, well, why, you know, and, and I just, it just flowed really. So yeah, and, and it for me, it was, it was actually, I wanted to really comment on the idea of home really and what yeah. that means to people. And it, and within a pandemic, because we were, we're all sort of shut down and locked down in homes and home can be a difficult space for a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, mm. and what that notion of home is and that's quite a common theme in a lot of my work anyway so I'm not surprised I ended up there under pressure <laughs> to produce something um, as in home home is a common theme in your yeah, work yeah home and what does that mean um, and the fragility of home yeah I, I was going to ask when because I'm very ignorant on this topic uh, and, and indeed and I still am to a degree very ignorant on the topic of homelessness and also the housing crisis. And then this year, well, last year, actually, but the project culminated this year, I did a project with the Young Vic and a homelessness charity. And then just through things that we've seen and things that um, I've seen and experienced through this pandemic, I've sort of engaged with the issue in a completely different way. But I know that the topic of refuges is very specific um, and it's a something that I don't know about at all but so was the yeah so was the young woman leaving a group refuge to go to a flat by herself yeah or? yeah yeah wow I mean it was in 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 the refuge that you know that I imagine they they have their own flats but it is like a hostile um, wow so she, she you know the difficult people are, have to make these difficult decisions um and there's a lot more to it, obviously. And, I, you know, I just wanted to get to the heart of that, really. Just, you know, just what that world is like. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I'm really sort of moved, shocked and saddened by that. Because what I didn't realise is there's something, you know, I'm so... I think, although I haven't engaged with the topic of sort of um, homelessness in a practical sense, I've always... I think in my work as well and in just what I'm interested in my life, the sense of displacement and and why I was sort of shocked to find out what I just found out is um, you can have somewhere to live. Because I thought when I spoke to Lucy, Lucy Morrison about it, um, about your piece, I thought it was because she was put out. She didn't have anywhere to go. But there's something about having to leave a sort of community behind and the isolation of that that is so stifling and it's something I can really relate to and I think in a different way but you know it's it's why I think also of course lockdown is a spiritual crisis but um there's something about it that I think is reminding has reminded me and reminded all of us that it's money however much money we have and I'm not um dismissing the importance of money and how it can enable um certain living conditions and enable certain things but it can't buy you that sort of 
spiritual and psychological well-being um and I think that we're becoming aware of that as a world in a whole different way due to these circumstances yeah um yeah and so how do you one thing I'm really interested in is um and I've had to think about it like I'm working on I tend to um, write very late at night and I was writing a bit. I I stopped earlier yesterday because I knew we had this conversation. But um, just writing things where the subject matter is quite traumatic or even I suppose sometimes even the form of something can be traumatic. And how do you sort of, well, maybe you didn't find it um, traumatic in this piece, but how do you, when you're working on this piece, but how do you, um, yeah, I'm curious about how you, sort of monitor your well-being and also just go about looking after yourself when you're writing a piece like this or something that has an emotional toll it's something I'm really interested in and I used to think oh well I'll just do it and I think having been to drama school that was very much the attitude I didn't really have a sense of cleanliness okay I'm leaving this behind now it's a lot of blurred lines but yeah if if you have an approach to it that'd be interesting to that's really that's a really interesting point jazz and I think a really important point and something I'm really kind of meditating on as well because um what I find really interesting about that is I have had personal experience of being in a refuge a long time ago a long long time ago you know at my present state so I have had the vulnerable housing situation and I'm cute it's something that never leaves you you know I've also definitely had the experience of having to leave a community behind and so all of that in reality is quite traumatic and Mm. so it's not it's when I'm writing about it I've kind of left it it's like when you were saying as well you know you have to detach to act to to, you Mm. know say it's a similar a similar approach, I would say. I have to, um, you know, at the stage, I'm, I have to really do a lot of self-care and well-being is, has to come first. But, you know, I really want to write about it. So I don't think it's trauma. I just think the reality was trauma. Mm. This is my work. This is art. This is a That's process. Interesting. You know what I mean? And I have to somehow have that level of self-care and detachment. But... We need to talk about, when you know what, I, this is what I want to illuminate. And I do feel there's something, you know, when when the Royal Court approached, so you could do horse, there was all these different areas of the living use, of horoscopes and the advice and obituaries. And because I knew of that story, I immediately went, yeah, I'll do the obituaries. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even question it. And I just wow. thought it was really interesting because I don't view this. I don't know what theatre's for if we can't examine important issues and some of mm. them could be viewed as you know of course don't we all have trauma you know and don't we all have to process that and don't we all have to use theatre as a means and a tool to to explore but in a very balanced way and it's a really interesting big big subject that I can't you know I can't just but I'd, what I don't like is oh we you know, and I've heard this is as people of colour don't write trauma because our trauma, and I just think, well, I need to be able to be standing my truth 
and I need to be able to have my freedom to speak. Um, As in, are you talking about when people like don't sort of exploit your trauma, like trauma porn? I hate that term. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So it's kind yeah. of like don't silence, but find, but create a, a piece of a work, a piece of work, you know, that's that's resonant and use craft and you know it's a bigger conversation actually it's an interest yeah I mean it's something I think about a lot and just this sort of respectability politics like that is not always respectability politics necessarily but just sort of what I'm really interested when I'm uh and by the way just so I sort of give my two pence on where I stand sort of doing work in I think what I've also had to realize I don't know if you've um gone through this as well is that the work itself is not ta- well it's kind of what you're saying actually the work itself is not tantamount to any type of <laughs> I'm loath to say this but therapy or any type of yeah sure it's not it in and of itself it's not tantamount to any sort of transformation or even healing I think it can be part of the healing process and I always say because one of the things that's got me through this period and indeed the past I know at the beginning of this year but 2020 and 2021 have been very difficult periods for me personally I know they've been for the world as well and so the thing that's gotten me through is actually writing and not in both senses writing professionally and writing um just I write three I didn't this morning actually but most mornings um and then if not I'll do it later in the day or sometimes I miss a day I write three pages of the of the things that are in my head and it's almost like cleanliness it's like brushing my teeth um or or showering or anything like that um because there's something for me about the transfiguration of transfiguration of feeling into language where you can name something and I think other people have it in different ways I think some people I don't know some people might have a physical way to connect to what they feel but for me it's it's really always been writing and it has it has saved me and there's something about that both of those acts and then professionally you know when I've really not wanted to get up but because I like my work and I'm in a fortunately enough to be in a position where that's what I do full-time it gives me that sense of purpose. So in a way, there's a sort of healing there and there's a sort of, but in and of itself, it's not, it can be cathartic, but, you know, I've had a couple of experiences. I've had two now. I did a show when I was at Guildhall and actually I'm working on a full-length version of it now and that I wrote. That was very personal. My first sort of piece of auto-fictional autobiography. And um, I realised... Uh, and then I did the show and it was really great and it was really fun and then and then it finished and I was like oh shit I still have these issues um and there's no there's no and the same with that um the young Vic monologue I still have these issues it doesn't necessarily solve it um and it's I think theatre and obviously art can be very powerful but it's very important that we know what it actually is and the purpose that it serves it's a mirror, but a mirror can't really transform you yeah, <laughs> in and sure. of itself. But it illuminates. Yeah. It illuminates. Yeah, exactly. And you can reflect. And so I think that's really important. But the well-being, 
question is really important and not really flinching from what we want to do but then it's craft and then it's writing mm. and we need to also be there for each other I would say <laughs> that's the nice way to end this conversation maybe <laughs> yes no I agree and I think that's another healing aspect of theatre doing something in community and yeah someone might watch you on the other side and connect to it and feel less alone that's really important mm. <laughs> well lovely Jasmine that's really nice to touch base with you here and have a chat I hope we meet and hope we can have more chats yeah likewise um I really enjoyed our chat I'm like oh my god where did the time go but I, I should I should never forget I can talk for days so um yeah and I and agreed I hope we get to I hope we get to meet. I'm I'm very optimistic at the moment. I think it's going to be sooner than later. But <laughs> maybe I should be wary. Thanks for joining us for Raw Court Living Newspaper Clippings. To watch clips of the work by these writers and find out more about Living Newspaper, visit rawcourttheatre.com forward slash livingnewspaper or click on the links in the episode notes.